0: he's in charge he's in charge that's encouraging okay so philippians chapter 4 verses 6 primarily but we will put verse 7 in there as well now turn a little bit further to the left and let's go to the book of hebrews hebrews chapter 4 hebrews chapter 4 gives us this super encouraging verse in verse 16 hebrews 4 16 it's the last verse of this particular chapter and he says these words. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Did you catch that? Let us come what? Boldly. Boldly before the throne of grace. Do you know that this warps my mind? God wants to answer our prayers oftentimes more than we actually want him to answer our prayers you realize that he wants to answer he wants to meet our needs sometimes more than we even want him to meet our needs god wants to hear from us oh so much more often than we are willing to come to him and yet the scripture says come boldly before the throne of grace The throne of grace. How many of us would like a little more grace in our life? Amen. We'd like to be more gracious to others. Well, can I encourage you today? Where we receive grace is the point wherewith we will be able to issue grace as well. The closer understanding we have of the grace of God in our lives will enable us to be more gracious to people around us. And we need that throne of grace. So he says, come boldly. So those four scriptures, and I have just a couple of thoughts about these, and then we're going, to dive, we're going to dive into a time of prayer. And we're going to pray as a fellowship for several different areas that are represented by you and I right here. Many of us have needs. Many of us have ailments, sicknesses, Some of us have been diagnosed with diseases. Some of us have been struggling with depression. It could be some form of mental illness. Some of us have been living in bondage. And God wants to bring healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. Some of us have been praying for lost boys and lost girls. Sons and daughters who are away from God. And we're believing, maybe it's a brother or sister, and you've been believing for that prodigal brother, prodigal son, prodigal daughter. And as a fellowship, we want to stand with you, and we want to be praying with you and for you. Some of us here have loved ones who've never made a commitment to Jesus. They've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loves them so much? He is desiring that none should perish, that all should come to the knowledge of His Son Jesus and the salvation that God has provided. The greatest weapon we have in seeing someone's eyes open because the God of this age, the Scripture tells us, has blinded their eyes and our greatest weaponry, is when we get on our knees and we pray and we make intercession, that their eyes would be open. And then we take the initiative and communicate the love of God in the gospel and sharing the gospel. But some of us have loved ones. And oh, you've cried out to the Lord. I want to encourage you to continue to cry out. And let's stand together and let's believe together. Let's believe. Again, I believe this is a year of building And I believe that God wants to reach our loved ones with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to pray in those particular areas. So what do these scriptures, how do they help us? Let me ask these questions. You know that if you had an event coming up and it was something that you were invited to, you'd want to know who, what, when, where, and how, and all of the kind of details about it so you could get it on your agenda, get it on your calendar. Well, in the area of prayer... Those same kind of basic questions. Whom do I pray to? Uh, When do I pray? What do I say? And all those things. I just want to answer a couple of questions from these scriptures that we looked at. Who should I call? Well, Psalm 55 says, As for me, I will call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Again, Isaiah 55, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. We call on the living God. Aren't you so very blessed to know that not only is our God the God of the universe, He is living and He is engaged in our lives. He hears the prayers of His children. So we call on the Lord. Amen? I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. What should I call about? People ask this question all the time. Should I pray about that? Yes. Look look again. Flip back to that Philippians passage, will you? And again, you should get this one underlined in your Bibles. This is a good one. Be anxious for nothing, but in... What? Everything. I'm so thankful that God the Holy Spirit set the parameters for what we should be praying about. Everything. Everything. Say that with me. Everything. Yeah. God, you might think, well, that's so small, God. You know, God God wants to be involved in that. Every area of our life. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too big. We can talk to the Lord about it all. And do you know He is delighted? He is inviting us to talk to Him about everything. So some people say, well, when you say, hey, we should spend some time in prayer, I don't know what I should pray about. Well, pray about everything. You'll never run out of stuff to pray. There'll never be a shortage of things to talk to the Lord about. I remember when I was in youth, and I was a youth pastor, and I was talking to... Kids who had just given their hearts to Christ. And I would talk to them about talking to the Lord. And this was when cell phones first came out. I know that makes me kind of feel old, but when cell phones first came out, I said, I said, it's like this. Imagine you open up your cell phone, like a flip phone, you flip your phone open, and you're just going to call God on the phone. Bring your phone up to your ear and just start talking to God like you'd be talking to one of your friends. Hey, God, how are you? I'm fine. Hey, i got some things going on in my life right now. Can I talk to you about these things? Good. I'm glad you're willing to listen. And then you just begin to tell them all those things. And the kids would just go, Man, that's great. I even had some young people actually do that. They'd sit on their bed at night, and they'd open their phone, and they'd just start talking to God. Even though they didn't dial His number. By the way, God's number? 911, right? <laughs> You'll get right to Him. Okay. No, but the idea there is, That we can communicate with God about everything. Everything. Do you know sometimes we have things going on in our life and what we really want is someone to affirm where we are. And so sometimes we talk to other people first to try and rally the troops around us. And sometimes we talk to people who may not be godly in their position. They may not be being biblical, but because they like you and they want you to like them, they'll say, oh, I know how you feel. That must be hard. I'm with you. And we get bad advice. And it can birth in us wrong behavior, wrong attitude. I believe that's why we need to go to the Lord first. Remember this, the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and it is the discerner of the motives and the intents of the heart. The Word of God will reveal some of those things, and that's why when we go to the Lord first, we can have confidence that God hears us, and when we have wrong thinking we can receive the correction from the Lord. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you. It's always good to go to folks and talk to folks, but will you get the mind of the Lord on those things first. Does that make sense? Boy, how many attitudes have I had that it would have been so much better for me that if I had heard from the Lord first... Rather than getting my troops behind me and like, oh yeah, that's a good idea or that's the right attitude, good job. And then only to discover later, man, now I know what I should have been thinking. Now I know what I should have had in my heart and my attitude. i got to go fix it with all those other people now. I got Now I just created some new assignments for me. Whereas if I heard from the Lord first, then when someone says, well, you, you ought to think this way. Remember Job. Job was getting some advice from from, from some of his buddies, even his wife. He's like, no, that's not very good advice. No, that's not good advice. I think I'll stick with this one. Boom. And I want to encourage us in that area. So, but everything. So, what should I call about? Hey, let's talk to the Lord about everything. The next question. When? When should I call on the Lord? When? Well, remember that... The scripture reminds us, Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica in the first letter to uh, the Thessalonians, he said in chapter 5, he said, Be joyful always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How often should we pray? Pray continually, pray always, so we can always walk about in an attitude of prayer. It could be while you're driving down the road. You're just talking to the Lord. You may be listening to a sermon. You may be listening to worship music. You may be listening to the oldies. Wherever it may be, you can be in constant communion with the Father through Jesus Christ. Constant communion, listening, 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 sharing, speaking, and talking. But I want to draw your attention to something very interesting. In fact, Psalm 55, I love the second part of Psalm 55. And I want to challenge you, like the psalmist, he said these words, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud. Morning, evening, noon. Three times a day set aside specifically to commune with God. Now, we see in the Old Testament, the psalmist practiced it. Many of the Jews practiced it. I look at some of the men in the Old Testament. One of my heroes, Daniel. Daniel's one of those guys where there is nothing negative said about Daniel anywhere in the Word of God. And Daniel's practice was to pray in the morning, at noon, in the, in the evening. In the morning, at noon, in the evening. Morning, noon, and evening. Now, I think he was in constant communion with God throughout the day, but he set aside a specific time. Another time, the psalmist says, Early in the morning, I will rise up and seek thee. Early in the morning, I will rise up and seek thee. Here's the challenge that I would make to you. And I'm making this challenge to myself. In fact, I said to Matthew... I said, what if it was this way every day for us? We'd come together at 8 o'clock in the morning and we would just find our place to pray and go and pray and pray for an hour. Just talk to God for an hour. Listen. And then that communication could be listening, could be talking. It could be reading Scripture in some way just to be receiving from the Lord, if you will. Then at noontime, instead of just scarfing down food... What if we just had our Bibles open and we just began to pray? We might be eating our food and doing our thing, but just communicating with the Lord. Maybe we'd have that prayer list. Maybe it'd be a list like this. Maybe it's a list of needs that you have. Maybe it's whatever the situation is. Remember, everything, everything. You might have specific requests. Remember, he says, present your request to God. So whatever those needs are, maybe you have a list and you would just pray to the Lord, concentratedly set aside. And then in the evening, set aside a very specific time. I would challenge you. What if you did that for the next seven days? Get up a little early, concentrated time to pray. Midday, concentrated time to pray. Get, get alone, find a place. Like Jesus often went away into a solitary place. And He spoke with the Father. He encourages us, when you pray, go into your closet, close the door behind you. And God who is in the secret place and sees you in the secret place, he will reward you openly. What if we did that? What what would our week look like this week if we did just that one thing? Modified our schedule. Maybe, Maybe it's not one hour, maybe it's 15 minutes. 15 minutes earlier in the morning, 15 minutes at the noonday, 15 minutes, maybe as a family you'd say, you know what, every night at 6 o'clock, from 6 to six fifteen, six to 6.30, find a place, go and pray. Then we're going to come back and we're going to have dinner. And let's talk about what the Lord's been saying. How might that transform your family? I just want to encourage you. If it was good enough for the psalmist, what was... Remember, what was God's testimony of David? A man after what? My own heart. Okay? If it's good enough for the psalmist, it's probably good enough for me. Okay, so just an encouragement. Could transform our lives dramatically. Okay, so when? I think those questions could be answered there. Where do I call? Or where should I call? Well, again, that Hebrew scripture, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We come to the throne of grace. He says, in a new and living way. Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us, a new and living way, boldly come to the throne of grace. Do you know that previously, that throne of grace, the mercy seat, was behind the curtain in the Holy of Holies. Once a year, the high priest would enter in and make atonement for all of Israel. When Jesus was crucified, the curtain was rent in two. Access was being made by what Jesus accomplished upon the cross at Calvary. His shedding of his own blood. He made it possible for us to enter into the Holy of Holies. And he says... Come boldly before the throne of grace. Enter in a new and living way. Hey, when we're invited by God to enter in, ought we not go? Ought we not go? Oh, may we make that practice regular. And then the question: How? How should I call? How? So we ask. Who, what, when, where, how. How should I call? I love that portion in that Psalm 55. He says, evening and morning at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. Cry out loud. Does that mean... (laughs) It might. I know for me sometimes... I'm broken over something, someone, sometimes my own self and my own behavior. There's a brokenness there. And so I cry aloud. But the cry aloud here is certainly referring to our desperation. And we've come to the Lord in desperation. Oh God, I need You. I need You. And we share those things. And so... Today, by way of reminder, we have an open invitation by the Creator of the universe to enter into the holiest of holies. To come to the mercy seat. To come boldly. To come often. To stay in constant communion with Him. To share in everything with Him. To present our request to Him. He hears our requests. And He answers. The answer is from the Lord. That being said, I think as a fellowship, there are those of us who are suffering, those of us who are going through hardship even now. There are those of us who have sickness. There are those of us who have sorrows. The Lord knows where we are I'm so grateful and I think about how the God of the universe saw his children he heard their cries of anguish and he came down to deliver when we talk to the Lord I believe he brings about an answer an answer will come sometimes deliverance sometimes provision sometimes the answer no no that's okay, right? If God says no, you're all okay when God says no, amen? It's not always the easiest answer, but Lord grant us the grace to receive the answer so that we can have a better understanding of his good plan for us. But this morning, very specifically, maybe you're here, and you're in need of physical possessions. And I don't mean stuff. I don't mean like, oh, I need to get a brand new car and I need this or that in terms of, and some of those are necessities, right? But I'm just saying there's provision where you're looking to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're without employment. Maybe you have a family member that is without employment and they, they need literally work so they can have sustenance. Whatever the physical need may be, you may be here and you need a roof over your head you're asking God for provision. If that's you, and you have a physical provision kind of need, will you indicate that simply where you are, just raise your hand and say, that's me. And let me say this, it might be in your situation, there's more month at the end of your check than there is check at the end of your month. And you simply, you're struggling. You're struggling. So, no one else will even know, but if you have a provisional need, will you simply raise your hand where you're at and say, that's me. And will you raise them high? We've got a handful of folks. There we go. Come on. Come on. I'm sure there's more. Just hold them up for a moment. And you're saying, I need God. There we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Pastor Dennis, where are you? You're right here in the front row. I should have seen you right there. <laughs> Pastor Dennis is going to pray. If that's you and you have a... You just have a need, and you raised your hand. Will you simply stand where you're at right now? Will you just stand? You raised your hand, and you said, that's me. Don't be shy. Just pop right up where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to ask you to stand where you're at. You raised your hand and say, i got a physical or a provisional need supply from the Lord. Now, don't be shy, because I want someone to pray with you and pray for you. So if you raised your hand, just let's stand, and let's, let's let the body of Christ pray with you. Let's let the body of Christ pray with you. You see someone standing. Will you also just let the prompting of the Lord prompt you to stand and go lay a hand on them, stand with them, so it would be marvelous if we had one or more people standing with each person who was standing up. And we're just going to believe together. The Bible encourages us. Jesus encourages us. He says, my Father's house will be a house of prayer. So we're simply going to practice that. We're going to be praying for one another. So if you're still seated, I just want to encourage you to extend a hand forward and let's pray and let's agree in prayer with Pastor Dennis as he prays for each of these and we're praying in a very general sense. You pray specifically. You know your need. Your Father in heaven knows your need. Let's simply agree
1: right now in the name of Jesus. Pastor Dennis. Heavenly Father, you, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call upon your name. Yes, God. We know that you provided for Moses through the Red Sea. We know that you provided for Abraham, the promised land. And there were many provisions that you gave to King David. Yes, God. Because you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Hallelujah. And we call upon your name. Yes, God. Father, I think of Jesus when there was 5,000 men plus women on the side of a mountain. And there was just this little boy who had loaves and fishes. And Jesus called upon the name of his father. Hallelujah. And he provided for all. Come on. And there was more than enough. Hallelujah. So today, Father, we call upon your name as our provider. Yes, God. For those today that yes, need God. finances. Lord, they need a job. We're praying in Jesus' name yes, that that job would come, come soon. It would come this week, we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We ask, Father, for that person who needs... Transportation. They're not asking for a new car. They're just asking for transportation to get them from here to there. And Come we're on. asking that God, you would provide. Yes, it would be a miracle. Someone yes, that doesn't need a car provide for those person that has yes, that needs a car. Yes, Lord. God. We're asking, Father. We're also praying for those today that uh, need finances. Jesus. We're praying for those that, as Pastor Dave said, a roof over their heads. Mm. Lord, we're asking that you would provide for someone who's doesn't have money for food, Jesus. for their family. Help, Lord! And they're saying, "Lord, yes, I'm standing, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm trusting you." Oh, but today, don't worry because help is on the way. Come on, put your trust and hope in God, Hallelujah. because He truly is our provider. Hallelujah! And Father, the people who have stood yes, today, we're just praying that the answers. As a provider, they will get the answers Hallelujah. soon yes, and very soon. Yes, God. We thank you, God, that we can pray and believe, asking, as it says in Matthew twenty one, twenty one. If we ask believing, we shall receive. Come on. Yes, God. So the provisions are on the way. Hallelujah. Believe, do not doubt. Put your hope in God. Hallelujah. He is our deliverer. Yes, God. And he will provide. Yes, God. Yes, God. He will provide. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give it up for the Lord. Come on. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to continue to pray. For those that stood this morning, you, you may know them by name, you may not. You might just have an image in your head. Will you continue to pray that God will meet those needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? I want to ask the next question. Maybe you're here today and you're under the weather. Now, some of us might just have some sniffles. Some of us might have a sore throat. Some of us might just kind of have that lingering cold. There are some in our fellowship who have had pneumonia. Some even right now with walking pneumonia. There are those who have... Uh, had ongoing sickness. Some here, even now, that are like, the doctors don't even know what's going on with me. Doctors can't figure it out. We have a dear sister, Jan Flynn, who uh, just went through a, a, a litany of tests. And they've discovered that in her esophagus, there's a production of acid, and it's causing all kinds of reflux in her system. And that on top of her being sick has just compounded some things. She's at home and she's asking God for prayer. We want to believe God for healing in her body. Maybe you're here and you've you've just struggled with depression in your life. Maybe you're facing a set of circumstances that are just absolute despair. You You can't see the end of the tunnel, so to speak. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, it's just absolute despair. Can I say to you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and the tunnel isn't very long, isn't? very far, Jesus will meet you. Jesus, hey, you may have to walk through the tunnel, but you can know that he is with you and he's walking with you. Maybe you're here today and you've struggled in the area of addiction. It could be addiction in a a multitude of ways. We are addictive by nature in many respects. The natural man has addictions and cravings and so often we get into a habitual behavior that just produces addiction and sometimes it's a substance addiction but if you've struggled so often we the scripture even reminds us in the book of James that we can be dragged away and enticed by our own evil desires and sin and death is given birth and there's just a pattern and You'd say, I'm just tired of the pattern and the addiction in my life, and I want to be liberated and set free. It is for freedom that he set us free. And so, no matter what it might be sickness, there's been a diagnosis from the doctors. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's some, maybe it's lupus. Maybe it's Crohn's disease. You know what it is. The doctors have told you. Let's go to the great physician today and ask him. He's the great healer. I love the blind men on the road saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. And the, and the disciples walking with Jesus, they're like, hey, be quiet, hold down. And so they cried even louder, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy. And Jesus stopped. And he turned. And he said, what would you have me do? I believe that Jesus has stopped. And he's saying, what would you have me do? How would you have me heal? If you're here today and any one of those situations describes where you're at, will you raise your hand and say, that's me? Just raise them up. Sickness. And let me add this to it. I want you to just hold those up high because I want other folks to see. In fact, if you're raising your hand, I want you just go on and stand right where you're at. Come on, stand right where you are. We're just gonna we're gonna do some more prayer time. Amen. You raised your hand. Now here I want to I want to add to this. Maybe you know someone. Maybe you know someone who's struggling with depression. Maybe you know someone who's struggling in the area of addiction. Maybe you know someone who's struggling, and they've received a diagnosis. Maybe you're here today and you've been praying for someone who's been diagnosed with cancer. Whatever it may be, you know, and you're saying, you know what, God, it would be so awesome if you would just. You'd speak your word from your throne, heal disease. Or you would bring about deliverance. Or you'd bring about hope. You'd just simply bring hope. I want to invite you also to stand. If that's you and you know someone and you want to lift them up this morning, and you want to believe God this morning for that miracle kind of thing, I invite you to stand. Praise the Lord. All right, we got lots of folks standing. Now, you may be standing next to someone who's standing. You can just kind of hold arms, hold, hold hands, wrap arms over shoulders. If there's someone, maybe you're sitting down somewhere and there's someone in front of you, just reach forward a hand, lay a hand on someone. But let's make sure that everybody has somebody. And I'm going to invite Pastor Matt to come, and he's going to pray, and we're going to offer this prayer of faith, and we're going to believe God for these miracles. Pastor Matt.
2: The Word of God says this in James chapter 5, verse 13. It says this, if, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over Hallelujah. And anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise up. And if he has committed sins, it will be forgiven him. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yes, God. Dear God, we just thank you so much that you are God who hears our prayers. Yes, God. God, when we cry out to you, you hear our prayers. Hallelujah. And God, we pray right now for anyone and everyone, God, who has a physical sickness. God, a physical addiction. Maybe it's someone who's standing in the gap yes, for God. someone who has a sickness or an addiction. And God, we right now, we plead the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. We plead the blood of Christ. Yes, God. And God, your word tells us that it is by your stripes that we are healed. Hallelujah. And God, that if we pray that prayer of faith, believing we receive. Yes, God. And God, we pray right Hallelujah. now this morning. God, that you would grant a gift of divine healing in this place, God. Maybe it's someone who's struggling from a skin condition, God. Maybe it's someone who who has a joint that's out of place, God. Someone who has has injured a knee, Uh, someone who has a cold or the flu. Uh, God, maybe it's cancer. God, whatever it be, God, we pray right now. As that verse that we just read said, God, we approach the throne of God with boldness, and yes, we God. boldly come, and we yes, ask, God, for your healing in this place. Hallelujah. God, may you just grant a gift of healing, and God, may that be a testimony, God, of how great and how good and how merciful you are, like Hallelujah. those blind men who cried out. Son of David, have mercy on me. God, would you just extend your mercy. Hallelujah. God, would you rain down from heaven your healing power. Yes, God. And God, in the physical ailments and infirmities and sicknesses, God, we pray divine healing. Yes, God. God, to the people, maybe it's one, maybe it's many, God, who are struggling and they feel that they are trapped in a cycle of addiction. Come on. God, whether it be Bring to pornography, freedom. whether it be to alcohol, whether it be to drugs, God, whether it just be to bad thoughts, yes, God. God, we pray that the chains would be broken. Yes, God. God, that the chains would be broken, and like the demon-possessed man whose chains were broken, he then went and praised the Lord. God, may in the brokenness of our chains, God, may we lift you up, may yes, we God. magnify you. Yes, God. And God, may it not only affect us personally, but God to the families who have someone struggling with addiction. God may you build that family up and God yes. as there's freedom. Yes. God may there be restoration. Hallelujah. And where there is restoration that there would be love. And God that that would become contagious come and that on. people would see that yes, these on. are people who believe in the living God. The God who hears and who answers prayer. Hallelujah. And God, people would long for that in their own lives. God, that the sick in the community would see that you're doing something and they would come. That those who are trapped in bondage, God, that they would see that you're doing something and that they would come, God, and that your gospel would go forth. Yes, God. Because the gospel is the good news and the good news is mercy, God, and your healing is a part of it. Hallelujah. And so, God, we just plead the blood of Christ.
1: Hallelujah.
2: God, we just offer up this prayer of faith. Yes, God. And believing, God, believing we receive. Yes, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite you to sit. We're going to pray. I know it's it's beyond our normal time. But we're going to believe God together one more time. You're here today. And you've been praying for a son or a daughter. Who has known the Lord, but is away from the Lord. They're not serving God right now. And like Luke 15, when, when you read the story of the prodigal boy, the prodigal son, your heart breaks because you cry out to the Lord, that's me. That's our boy. We love our kids. It's our daughter. We love our daughter. We love our son. They're just away from God. And you're crying out, Oh God, may they come to their senses. May they come to their senses and come home and be received by these open and loving arms of the Father. If you have a loved one, a son or a daughter specifically, or a parent specifically, or a brother or sister that's away from the Lord, that has known the Lord, but is simply away. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. And you're believing God for their return. You're believing God for their salvation. You're believing God. And you're praying earnestly, Oh God, get a hold of them. Hallelujah. 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 This represents family members. And we're family together. And so when you suffer, we all suffer. We we ail and we ache because we want to see our loved ones know the Lord. I'm going to invite you, please, after today, will you share, share with a brother or sister in the fellowship that you would not carry this burden alone. It would be so amazing for us that everyone standing today, if you would write down the names of those people that you are believing for on that prayer card in the back of the seat in front of you. Write down that name. Write your name at the top. Write down their name. Maybe even the relationship. It's my cousin. It's my son. It's my daughter. It's my father. Or my grandparents. Or whatever that is. And then leave that on this table. And what we'll do is we'll make a list of the prodigals that we're praying for as a fellowship. And if it's confidential, you just mark the top confidential and we'll put it on a separate list that only the pastors see. But if you want committed people praying with you and for you continually, you don't have to mark that box. And we'll share that list. There's no personal information, just their name. We might only put their initial or their last letter initial, if you will, because God knows who they are, amen? And that way, if someone saw their name on the list, they wouldn't know for sure it was them, so to speak. But the idea there is that we can all be praying. And so I would invite you to do that. But if you're here also this morning, you're not already standing and there's a loved one that you know that's never made a commitment to Jesus and you... You want them to be in the kingdom of God with you? Will you stand this morning and let's believe with you for them? You're believing for someone who's unsaved. Unsaved, doesn't know Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we come in the mighty name of Jesus right now. And Lord, with open hearts and open arms as we stand, There are many that are standing, Lord, and and we we link ourselves up, God. We we put a hand on a shoulder. We hold a hand next to us. We extend a hand forward as we pray for another brother or sister. We are praying for children, God, who are away from you. They're prodigals. Lord, I pray that the heart of our fellowship would be the heart of the father, not the heart of the older brother. Not the, not the older brother who was critical about the whole thing, stayed outside and didn't get to celebrate. Lord, we want to, with celebration and open arms, Lord, we want to gird up our loins, so to speak, and run towards the one who's coming home, and throw our arms around him and love him, and put a ring on their finger and shoes on their feet and food in their belly, and say, come on home. Welcome home. Welcome home. You're home. And so, Lord, we cry out. And as family members are even saying before your throne, the names of those people that are in their hearts and the names of their children that they're crying out for, Father, God, thank you that you hear. You hear our voices. And our prayers are like a sweet-smelling aroma before the throne of God. And you hear. And your heart's desire is that they would come and they would return to you. And for those lost kids who have never committed their lives to the Lord as yet, God, your heart's desire is that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, may you break down the walls. We come against the schemes of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. We say to the enemy, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. You have no authority and we take authority over you in the name of Jesus and we pray, God, that their eyes would be open and that their ears would hear. And they would receive the conviction of Your Spirit and the love of Your Spirit drawing them to the foot of the cross. That they would yield their hearts to Jesus and be born again. Make confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, Father, we pray and we ask Your help. We ask for Your sustaining grace. Oh, as we read earlier in Philippians chapter 4, that the peace of God would rule in our hearts. That peace that transcends understanding. God, will you guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it is nothing but hope in Christ and in Christ alone that these would return to you. And so, Father, we pray. We ask your blessing. And we ask your anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. Before you're seated, if you're still sitting, I want to invite you to stand this morning. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to come to the conclusion of the service in just a few moments. It is Communion Sunday, and we want to give time at the communion table. I want to invite our brothers who are going to serve us if they would come forward at this time and prepare to serve us. And here's what I'm going to invite all of us to do in just a moment. Thank you, sister. God bless you. When we come forward for the emblems, the bread and the juice, if you had one of those prayer requests for a family member, unsaved, prodigal child, that you can come up and you can leave that on the front. Thank you, brother. The Scripture encourages us in relationship to the communion table to not come to the communion table in an unworthy manner. I want to invite you even now in this preparation of coming to the table that you would look inwardly and just very privately talk to the Lord. Lord, is there something that I'm living in disobedience to You right now in my life? Will you make that confession, Lord, help me to live in obedience to your word. Help me to live and honor you and worship you with all of my living throughout the day. Kind of clear the slates, so to speak. Listen to the Spirit of God. For those of you who are here, brothers and sisters, we serve an open communion. We invite everyone to participate. I'm going to ask that as you receive the emblems, that you would hold them until you make your way back to your seat, and then we can receive them all together in just a few moments. If you're here today, and you've not made a decision to be a follower of Christ, listen for just a moment, because this is important. You've not made a decision to be a follower of Jesus as yet. You're still searching. You're on a journey right now, and you've not made that decision. The scripture encourages us to not receive the emblems because understanding what they represent, if we didn't believe and we receive them, we would be eating and drinking judgment on ourselves. And we ought not do that. But maybe you're here today and although you've not made a commitment to the Lord, you realize today, I need a savior and I want to put my faith in Jesus. You could say today for the very first time, I'm going to receive communion. And it will be your expression of faith and you will be telling everybody in this room that you are trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. You're trusting in what the Lord Jesus accomplished upon the cross at Calvary, shedding his blood for your sin. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. If that's you, we would invite you to make that public declaration today and join with us. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to invite you to make your way to the center aisles. Come forward and receive the bread and the juice. And then using the outside aisles, make your way back to your seat. And in about three or four minutes, once everybody's been served, we're going to pray together. We'll receive these emblems together and we'll conclude this service. You're released. Come forward.
2: In God's word, that uh, Jesus, on the night in which He was betrayed, uh, when He was together with the disciples there in the upper room, uh, when they had finished uh, the dinner, they, they they took bread and they broke bread. Uh, And Jesus said, as often as you break bread, uh, do this in remembrance of me. He told them that it was representative of his body that was going to be broken for them. And and today, uh, we do this in honor of Jesus. And and we remember Jesus, whose body was broken for us, for our freedom, for our forgiveness, for our salvation, and for our healing. So we're going to pray right now uh, over this emblem, and then we're going to partake together. But dear God, we thank you so much. God, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. God, that, um, God, you loved us so much that you endured the cross. And God, because your body was broken for us, now we can have freedom, we can have salvation, and we can have new life. So God, we do this today in remembrance of you. God, may we never forget what you have done for us. So God, we thank you and we praise you. Let's partake together.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: The cup that we hold in our hands, it's grape juice. It is a representation, and it's a reminder to us. And as we partake of this cup, we are declaring that we are a willful participant in the new covenant of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is a reminder to us of the work of Christ upon the cross at Calvary. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. And after the supper He took the cup, the third cup of the Seder meal, the cup of redemption. And He says, this cup, redemption, is now in My blood. It is the new covenant in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The Lamb, that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And by receiving this cup today, we are declaring, we're reminding ourselves, I'm receiving and I'm a participant in the work of Jesus Christ. That justification, the sanctification, and all of the things that come with His forgiveness in our life. And we're declaring to everyone around us that we are Christ followers. Father, today as we hold this cup, That third cup of the Seder meal. Lord, it is the cup of redemption. And our redemption has been purchased through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God, it cost you everything. It cost us nothing. So Lord, we freely receive and say thank you for redemption. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sin. Thank you that our iniquity, our sins are not counted against us. Your grace, oh God, we receive and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that there is a day in the future where we will all drink together of that fourth cup, the cup of ingathering. And so, Lord, we're so very, very thankful. And today we simply profess, we're Jesus' people, Christ followers, and we give you thanks. Let's partake of the cup together. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to pray. Thank you, God, that we can linger in the house of God and pray. And, Lord, it's warm in this house, but we get to go from this place and have rich fellowship continually with you and with family.